You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to ifhpodcastnetwork.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, How to Turn Your Independent Film into a Money-Making Business by Alex Ferrari. For a free copy of the audiobook, head over to www.filmbizbook.com. Welcome to the Director Series Podcast, a show dedicated to deconstructing the work of some of cinema's most celebrated and influential film directors. I'm your host, Cameron Bile. Hey, who is that? This is Bill. I've known him a while. Well, you know me a while too, Toots. Not the same. Not at all. Shot in rural Arkansas on a budget of $600,000, over the course of 24 days, Boxcar Bertha takes place in the Deep South during the rail-riding heyday of the Great Depression. Bertha, played here by Barbara Hershey, as a young girl in mid-blossom, thrust into a sudden and precarious adulthood when her father is killed in a plane crash. The newly orphaned Bertha subsequently falls in with a charismatic union organizer named Big Bill Shelley. Played by David Carradine, Big Bill is an outspoken critic of capitalism and he's followed wherever he goes by authorities suspicious of his communist sympathies. When a heated argument at a card game causes Bertha to shoot a wealthy gambler, she ropes Big Bill into going on the lam with her, along with their friends Rake Brown and Vaughn Morton. The foursome embarks on a life of crime, riding the boxcars from town to town and stealing from the rich to give to, well, themselves. As their notoriety grows throughout the land, they become increasingly aware that this won't end well for them, and they might as well enjoy the ride for as long as it lasts. Their devil-may-care attitude turns them into local folk heroes, admired for their open defiance of the authorities, right down to the bitter end. Though he may not have had a say in the casting, Scorsese gets great work out of his performers, particularly Hershey as the titular Bertha. Hershey projects a virginal innocence onto the figure of an undereducated and impressionable girl who grows into her own as she quickly adjusts to a criminal life on the road. Carradine, who enjoyed a late career resurgence as a very different Bill in Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill, plays the rakish folk hero Big Bill Shelley with a warm folksiness that belies his aggressively leftist political ideology. Rounding out the central band of crooks are Barry Primus and Bernie Casey as the foppish Yankee Rake Brown and the strong, quiet Vaughn Morton, respectively. The inclusion of Casey's character is especially effective, as it gives off a real sense of period authenticity to the film and gives the film a racial tension that helps us sympathize with the criminal antics of our protagonists as they fight against authorities painted as reprehensible racists and sexual sadists. Despite its raggedly independent pedigree, Scorsese would later refer to Boxcar Bertha as a smuggler's film, a term he devised to describe the sprinkling of hidden auteur touches throughout a four-hire studio piece for savvy audiences to find. This speaks to how much creative freedom Corman let Scorsese have over the production, having gained his boss's confidence after showing off his meticulous storyboards. As such, Boxcar Bertha possesses an effective, earthy style, informed more by pop culture immersion than lived experience, which imbues a thin veneer of artifice and theatricality that helps Scorsese to evoke a faint Wizard of Oz allegory. Director of photography John M. Stevens punctuates the naturalistic look with French New Wave techniques like handheld cameras, impressionistic compositions, and rack zooms. A great example can be seen in one of the film's many mandated love scenes, which plays out in fleeting close-ups and suggestive edits, echoing Scorsese's prior use of the style during a similar scene in Who's That Knocking at My Door. 
The climax in particular sees Scorsese experiment with new visual techniques, such as assuming the POV of someone getting blown back by a shotgun blast. While his limited resources result in a somewhat crude execution, Scorsese nevertheless succeeds in injecting said scene with an exhilarating sense of impact and carnage. Given what we know about Scorsese's immense interest in blues music and culture, Boxcar Bertha stands as something of a career milestone in regards to its use of music. Gib Gilbro and Thad Maxwell provide a folksy score that's heavy on the harmonica and violin, while carefully curated blues, folk, and other Depression-era needle drops speaks to Scorsese's lifelong love for that particular musical milieu, and the intimate knowledge of its culture and history that he would later show off in his 2003 documentary, The Blues. While Boxcar Bertha's music is the primary forum through which Scorsese can express his personality under the creative constraints of a commissioned work, he finds several other opportunities to inject himself into the proceedings, sometimes quite literally, given his appearance in a small cameo as a patron of a local brothel. Like many of the protagonists that populate Scorsese's work, the heroes of Boxcar Bertha aren't actually heroes at all. They're likable criminals, or anti-heroes, whose misdeeds eventually catch up to them and result in their downfall. At film's end, Bertha and Big Bill are made to answer for their crimes, with Bertha forced to watch as Bill is essentially crucified, nailed to the side of a train. It's a very potent, if slightly out-of-place image that brings to mind the iconography of Scorsese's Catholic upbringing, and it wouldn't be the last time he crucified someone on screen. Boxcar Bertha didn't make much of a wave when it was released. Corman's business model was to make films as cheaply as possible, quickly release them, and reap as much profit as possible before moving on to the next one. The film's co-producer and Corman's business partner, Samuel Arkoff, reportedly hated the artsy quality Scorsese had brought to the film. But such an approach has made Boxcar Bertha endure through the decades as a film that refuses to be disposed of. For Scorsese himself, Boxcar Bertha's release would mark another inflection point in his burgeoning career. He could have very easily gone on to work with Corman again, and become an especially good exploitation filmmaker. Thankfully for all of us, he was dissuaded from this impersonal path by his friend and mentor, John Cassavetes, who urged him to embark on something more personal after spending the past year, in his words, making a piece of shit. Despite the bluntness of Cassavetes' assertion, it proved a particularly fruitful dose of constructive criticism. The fiery young filmmaker would take his friend's advice to heart, subsequently embarking on a new film that would stand as a rededication to the unique strengths of his own voice, and a launching pad for the career he truly wanted. Thank you for listening to the Director Series. For a deeper dive into your favorite filmmakers, go to www.directorseries.net. The Director Series is made possible in large part by our generous supporters on Patreon. Please visit us at patreon.com backslash director series to see how your contribution enables the continued production of video essays and text articles on your favorite contemporary and classic film directors. Thank you.